The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who just, well, maybe he'll stop for a minute because I just saw him run past running from a, a horde of zombie toy monkeys. Welcome, Jacob. Huh. Man, I probably got ran those guys. But that's just, that, like, I'm so worn out of something funny. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll... Maybe I'll maybe they'll be gone enough where I can record this episode long enough to where then I can run somewhere else and avoid them. How are you doing? Anyways, and I'll say, I'm, I'm doing fine, but yeah. you haven't really introduced yes, me I, yet. Yes, I, I I got so caught up in my own skit. Uh, why? Thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who just has a tendency of just falling asleep sporadically, <laughs> with no question, because he's hibernating for some reason. Welcome, Drew. I'm sorry. What? Exactly. You got to work on that, bro. I just, you know, it's, it, I just have this condition where I can't hibernate. Hey! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, uh, we need to ask our trivia question yes. for this week, which was what? A major credit in this movie, Wonder Park, is missing from its credit sequence. In other words, what major role went uncredited in this film? Mm-hmm. Jacob? The director. Yes. This is like the only time you'll ever find an uncredited director. Because yeah. literally, <laughs> a part of the... Tr- and I, I know why the, credit, the director went uncredited, mm-hmm. but generally the Director's Guild mm-hmm. will not allow a film to be released without d- crediting a director. At least somebody is director. Right. But there is a reason why there is not a listed director, and we will get to that when we get to trivia. Okay. But in the meantime, Jacob, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. It's been It's been a... It's been an interesting two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weekend was good. Um, guys, relax. By the way, happy Father's Day to all those fathers out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Juneteenth just came out. So happy Juneteenth uh, to those who celebrate Juneteenth. Um, uh, other than that, it's been pretty good. Uh, Sunday, it was very hot. Let's just say that. It was extremely hot. <laughs> Uh, I was working on. I don't know, it wasn't too bad once the rain hit, or did the rain hit here? No, it never hit. Ah, yeah, well, it hit in Lindale. Ah, well, I'm 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 sitting there working on a project, you know, sweating beyond belief. And whenever you get in a zone about something, you have a tendency for getting to do things like drink water and make sure you're cooled off and everything. So I'm sitting there in the middle of just working on this project, be like, gotta get it done, gotta get it done. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't think straight. I'm 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 pouring buckets of sweat. And so I you get forgot to turn your AC on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty Which much. Really you should keep your AC on at least a little bit, even if you don't want it to be on all the time. True. Because it takes forever to cool down because our all the units in this apartment complex are old. That is true. 
That is. But true. anyway, yeah. So yeah, just, that was that was interesting. Uh, I want to just be like, you know, I'm gonna hop in the shower, a nice cold shower, cool myself off, grab mm-hmm. some water, uh, turn the AC on a little bit, and just. <sighs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah, and uh, yeah, my girlfriend is currently in Wyoming, enjoying that with family. So yeah, yeah, it's like what seventy degrees up there. Uh, I think last night she was saying it was like fifty something degrees. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, was that here? <laughs> yes, because it went over a hundred today. Uh huh. Which is I like heard. the earliest I remember it going over a hundred. In, in Texas. Yeah, I think it was like 10, 101, 105. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, usually it doesn't hit. I, I know there's some states, people in the other states listening to say 100 degrees. How do you stand 100 degrees? Dude, we get 100 degrees every summer. Mm-hmm. It's just usually it doesn't hit till yes. Jul- end of July, early August. Yeah. And this year it hit mid-June. Mm-hmm. We are in for a hot summer. Let's listen. Mm-hmm. As uh, one uh, meme I, I saw said, attention newcomers to Texas, we're still preheating. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty but much. anyway. <laughs> how, how have you been? Uh, I've been? I've been okay. Visited the parents this weekend for Father's Day. Right. Um, nothing too crazy happened. Am working on a project that will be appearing in our main RSS feed for those of you who listen via the podcast keep an eye out for that mm-hmm. it is something that is a major portion of our show yet mm-hmm. technically we don't own it in any way shape or form but it has been a running gag since episode one that is true it also is something that has been inspired by now lost media lost media and we have tried to t- stream it twice and got to points where it's like for one reason or another we had to stop the stream and mm. have never gone back to it in the middle of the first game. Yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. That looks like it's going to be something fun. I am actually starting that from a from a, a place that most people would probably disagree with it be, uh, as a starting point. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason that I'm doing that, but I'll explain that more in context, probably in its episode zero. Okay. But anyway. All righty. Uh, so Jacob, I have a question for you, my good sir. Okay. What have you been watching? Oh, what have I been watching? Uh, not a whole lot, really. Uh, I remember, uh, obviously I watched Obi-Wan Kenobi episode five. Yeah. That was really good. Really good. Really good. I'm looking forward to episode six. Uh, I remember watching a lot of YouTube a lot of YouTube mm-hmm. because okay, you're, you're working on a project. It's like, Oh, throw some history documentary on or something like that. At least put some noise in the background. Exactly. And make sure to run the AC when you're yes. doing something like that make sure you drink a lot of water. Yes. But, uh, other than that, definitely if you live in a, like a Southern state, Southwest state, like we do, um, yeah, drink a lot of water. <laughs> uh remember to stay hydrated folks exactly because it's no laughing matter yes it's according to one of our did you, did, you, did you hear the joke about the boy who got went dehydrated no that's because it doesn't exist hydration is not a it, be, lack of hydration is not funny yeah it's not according to a certain british I, porcupine fine. 
uh, be, being someone who is, you know, comes from the comes from band, be like, you knew that all too well. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, pl- I played football in high school. Yeah, you do not mess around with being dehydrated. It, no, you, it'll you knock not. you on your butt. There is nothing like I, I say there's nothing like it. you understand where I would yes. be coming from. Mm-hmm. Having marched up and down a football field carrying a 50-pound sousaphone. Yeah. 50 pounds worth of brass and fiberglass tubing. Yeah. On one shoulder. And doing that like five or six times because you need to get back into the habit of being in sync with the rest of the people you were having to march with. Mm Because we were military. Yeah. So it's like you have to stay like in in line eight different directions all at once yes which is tough mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah i, I yeah it's i remember like, those days and i'm glad i don't have to march anymore yeah and speaking of that welcome to summer everybody yeah <laughs> this is summer this, this is, is summer. One of the warmer summers we've had in a while but it's summer it's summer uh so yeah, I don't think I've watched a whole lot going up to like movie content or like actual series series, but I've watched a lot of YouTube and just kind of just relaxed, just chilled. Uh, Sunday was Father's Day, so mm-hmm. I stayed home and worked on stuff. And uh, yeah, work was work. I've checked for the last two days. The next three days, I'm in a box. Is the box air conditioned? Yes, it is air conditioned. Thank the Lord. And I can bring a sketch pad. There you go. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how you busy you stay in there. Oh, to be I, honest, I, I see. I stay a very busy uh, beaver dog. No, I mean, if you weren't sketching, I have no idea how busy it stays in there because I've never stayed in one of those for a long I got period you. of time. Gotcha. But anyway. Yeah. So what have you been watching? Well, I, I can guess one of them. <laughs> yeah, because you watched it, too, and you didn't mention it. What did I miss? What did I miss? Oh, Lightyear. Lightyear. That's you right. Did not mention Lightyear. Appar- we went to see Lightyear. Wow. Apparently, I didn't like this movie at all because I believe got it. I actually really enjoy Lightyear. It was okay. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm approaching it at this point. Okay. Um. Yeah, we saw Lightyear. Yeah. Go, uh, go listen to that reaction. Mm-hmm. And of course, I also watched Obi Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. and I watched. Uh, the second episode of uh, Ms. Marvel. Yeah. That was interesting. Okay. By myself, though, I actually like I didn't watch the last, last two by myself. But uh, outside of my normal weekly watching, I also watched a movie. Okay. Gamera Defender of the Universe. Guardian of the Universe. Okay. It is a tokusatsu movie. Of course. From the 90s. Okay. That took the very kid-friendly monster of Gamera, okay, a t- giant turtle, okay, and actually made an adult story out of it—a oh. very dark adult story huh. out of it. It's it's like so like PG PG thirteen kind of range. Yeah, I mean it's not actually rated. I'm just estimating where it would go. Right. It's around. It's like if they. It's like Godzilla, except the monster is a turtle. Mm-hmm. But yet, it's actually a lot of deep writing that went into it. Really? Uh, the main reason it was on my list was because, um, you know, I've been listening to uh, Nate Nate Marchand's uh, Monster Island Film Vault. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a curator over there. 
and he released some episodes on this last year Mm -hmm. and it just so happened when i was looking for something to watch while doing laundry at my parents house while they had not quite made it in yet i saw that on the list i saw that thought well that's been one i've been meaning to watch anyway so i'll throw it on okay also i've been watching spy family Mm -hmm. we are getting close to the season finale really of spy family and that show was really really good i highly suggest it especially now that uh very soon you'll be able to just binge the whole first season okay but yeah go take a look on that other than that where 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 can someone go watch spy family so both the sub and dub are available on crunchyroll which is primarily where i've been watching it okay also like the dub for like german and french and like three or four other languages is over there okay uh they're not as at those are not as released as far as the english dub is um but i know the subtitled version is on hulu okay so keep an eye out for that uh hopefully hopefully they've got second season on the schedule to come up pretty quick okay because that is been one of my favorite shows there's very few anime out there that get my attention and hold it this this good regularly okay so 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 here's a question be like you be like you're a you are a subscriber to crunchyroll right yes okay so would you recommend crunchyroll to someone who maybe not an anime fan but someone who is a fan of animation Here is the thing on that. If okay. you are in the in the uh, the niche of liking animation, but for some reason don't like anime at all, yeah, I would not suggest you watch that. You, you, I wouldn't suggest you subscribe at all. Okay, but if you have a inkling of uh, anime interest, okay. It's actually very good right now because along with uh, Crunchyroll's own uh, library, mm-hmm. which is itself considerably uh, yeah. considerable, mm-hmm. it's also now got all of Funimation's library in it at the same time because right. the two have merged. So you get tons of anime that you can go back and stream at any time. Okay. The only problem I really have with Crunchyroll is for some reason instead of giving you a uh, language selector mm-hmm. when you start when you start an episode to pick whether you want the english dub or the japanese subtitle or what mm-hmm. have you they separate the dubs out like separate seasons okay so when you nat- when you go to a uh a series like say spy family mm-hmm. and you hit the button that says start watching season 1 episode 1 it's going to start you in the japanese dub oh okay japanese version so you have to remember to scroll down and pick the english dub out of the season Mm. and then you can go through the whole thing okay i don't know why crunchyroll did that way because honestly that makes no sense but hopefully they will update that at some point and fix a lot of those issues fix a lot of that because it's annoying and hopefully they will actually release that on blu-ray fairly soon okay but i, I don't know how quickly that's going to take to go out because you know home jap uh 
home media of Japanese stuff is weird because of how they have to time it out because they don't want the Japanese to very easily get a hold of our cheap English Blu-rays since they play in the same region. True. And they like to get their otaku money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I do need to actually go back and finish um, Love After World Domination because I, I enjoyed that show, but for whatever reason, I just have mi- missed the last couple episodes, I think scheduling-wise or okay. timing-wise. I enjoyed the show, and I am going to go back and finish it. It's just for whatever reason, I have not kept up with that one as, as much as I have with Spy Family because Spy Family is just too wholesome okay which is ironic when you consider people get murdered on that show (laughs) well it's about a pretend family (laughs) during the cold war yeah except it's not actually the cold war from history it's just based on that yeah but anyway it's a great show y'all should you should watch it that's actually a show i can actually suggest kids watch believe it or not really because well see here's the thing you can there is a lot of like adult things that happens, but on an adult level on, you know, when you're looking at uh, twilight, AKA Lloyd's uh, point of view, or mm-hmm. when we're on um, yours point of view, mm-hmm. but the whole thing is seen through Anya's right point of view. And so for the most part, things have to be explained to her in a way that she would get it, even though she's a little dense uh because she's a child right <laughs> she, she's a four-year-old so yeah you can actually watch and get like some pretty good last because there's still family sitcom like stuff s- sitcom like stuff happening in the context of that show okay it's just in the also the bigger context of oh yeah he's a spy she's an assassin and neither one of them know who the other is and on only reason anya knows is because she's a mind reader and uh she thinks all of this is just super super cool <laughs> Like a four-year-old would think this. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, that's the show I definitely suggest. Awesome. I've been on the topic of Spy Family too long. Uh, we need to get into the news. Mm-hmm. The Cellcast News with your host Jacob Heron. Why, thank you, Dilet. And in the news, uh, so the CEO and founder of Illumination, Chris Mel Danera, Danera, I'm mispronouncing his name, so excuse me on that, uh, recently did an interview, and he actually did talk about uh, the upcoming Super Mario Bros. movie mm-hmm. and uh, talking about uh, Chris Pratt's performance as the beloved plumber yes because so, unlike charles martinet he is not doing a italian accent apparently not because i can't imagine what chris pratt's italian accent would even sound like right so here here's the article here's what he says uh when people hear chris pratt's performance the criticism will uh will ele- uh, elevate maybe not entirely people love to voice opinions as they should I am not sure. I am not sure this is the smartest offense, but as a person who is Italian American, has American Italian American heritage, 
I feel I can make that decision without wronging, uh, without worrying about offending Italians or Italian Americans. I think we're going to be fine. This is his response. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're, we're learning a little bit more about this, this upcoming project. Now me personally being a super Mario fan, Mm -hmm. I know that's odd considering I do Sonic Saturdays from time to time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, as a super Mario, as a person who's played a lot of super Mario brothers, yes, things I am withholding judgment on this casting decision on these Mm -hmm. casting decisions until I see a trailer and can actually hear these voices mm-hmm. in context. Because if you really stop and think about it, this is odd casting. Agreed. Because not Chris Pratt being Mario per se, because Chris Pratt's just can be anybody at this point. Right. Apparently I don't recognize the voice of princess peach. I don't remember recognize that actor's name, mm. but you've got Jack black as Bowser. How is that going to work? Do, do we ever hear Bowser talk throughout any of the games? Super Mario Sunshine, he actually speaks in English. Mm. Uh, or, in, you know, speaks like we would speak. Yes. Uh, and so it is kind of a high-pitched kind of a thing. but Or not high-pitched, but it has a growl to it. Yeah. But it's so higher than you would expect. It, but Super Mario Sunshine is the outlier in mm-hmm. which... Like, there's far more story in that game than in, like, every other Super Mario Brothers game. Mm. Far more in-your-face story. Far more cutscenes. Most of the Mario Brothers games, the story is environmental. Yes. But, um, that being said, the voice that they've used in the games for Bowser after that, he is actually kind of speaking in English, but there is a gruff so he's like, rawr, 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 rawr. it sounds more like he's roaring but every once in a while you can kind of sort of make out uh, an english voice mm-hmm. an english word yeah um raw 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 rio uh if you re- there's a if you really are interested in that there is a uh in the in the voice actor history there's a, a a youtube channel called thomas game docs who does a lot of these uh, why does so and so sound different? Uh, yeah. All these years there, and he actually goes through the the history of the different voice actors. Okay. Uh, some of them make a lot of sense. Why you would want to go over that, such as you know, um, Mario's isn't too fancy because for the most part, outside of the the original cartoon, mm-hmm. it's been Charles Martinet the whole time. Yeah. But then you get to like Princess Peach, and she's had like three different voice actresses. Really not counting the new one mm. and one of them also voices um what's her name what is the name of the uh windows voice assistant um oh it's not siri no siri's apple. apple that is Cortana. Cortana. Okay. Yeah, she voice. I said I had to say that because Cortana is named after an AI from Halo. Okay. And there is a the Princess Peach voice actress in I think actually Super Mario Sunshine voice is also the voice of Cortana. Oh, okay. But and and like the current guy, he's been voicing Bowser for for like every game since he started, which was uh, Super Mario Galaxy, and he sounds great as Bowser. 
And it's interesting how he talking like with like a roaring. It's like Mario, mm-hmm. and how it's like okay, you can make out. You can you can tell he's saying stuff, but then they don't have to do a lot of back and forth translation yeah. because they don't change the voice actors when they they, they don't translate the voice acting uh, between regions anymore. Right. For, for not for the Mario games because there really is no point. So they try to keep most of the voice acting to a bare minimum. Gotcha. And just where you make out certain words, at least for Bowser. So, Mm -hmm. but still Jack black is not, he's got the look. If you were looking for someone to physically play Bowser. Yeah. I could maybe see him as a human version of Bowser. Yeah, He's a big guy. Yeah. But voice wise, the, the high-pitched voice I'm used to hearing coming out of Jack mm-hmm. Black, I don't see it for Bowser. I it's, Now, it has been a while since I've seen Jack Black's performance in uh, King Kong. Okay. Which is still, like, the weird uh, casting yeah. for him, for Jack Black. The weirdest casting for Jack Black I can mm-hmm. think of. And I, and I know he played a much more serious and much more down-to-earth character yeah. in that. So maybe maybe he his the voice he the uh the vocal inflections he's there and maybe he is just doing a a, a deeper voice for this but yeah I don't, you look at that voice cast from for this mario brothers movie mm-hmm. and it still makes me go this feels like stunt casting and by people who would be interested in like names for characters but not whether or not that person can actually pull the character off right so I'm, but like I said, I am withholding my opinions. I know right. it doesn't sound like I'm withholding my right. opinions after that little tirade, right? But <laughs> I am holding final judgment okay. on whether I, I hold final judgment till I see the movie. Yeah, but I'm holding my initial judgment on this casting really until I see a trailer and can see what this looks like in contrast, because you know we could be in for like. You remember Ugly Sonic? Yes. We could be in for something like that on a vocal level. Something like that little... Uh, you, you know what I mean? It's like yeah, that version of, oh, we're doing this other thing because we want to. Right. Not basing it on what has come before. We could right. be looking at that. It may be that it's like, eh, we're just doing it differently, not because we can, but because we need people. We, it, it, it may work. It may work beautifully. And what's interesting, I don't know if you have this in your news, and, so, and if you do, I apologize, but apparently Nintendo has also applied for some new trademarks related to movie production in terms of uh, Nintendo Studios and uh, M-, M Brothers Productions. Oh, okay. So it's like maybe they're looking at maybe making some more stuff. Huh. But then it could just be connected to this movie and not lead to anything. So who knows? True. Well, Sorry. that that makes it's more interesting to learn about. Yeah. All right. I am paying attention to this one because mm-hmm. the, every, every time I hear news for this movie, it's like this seems strange. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this is not a repeat of the 90s movie. Pray not cuz that wasn't a good movie. <laughs> All right. So, going into a little bit more news, we're actually going into Lightyear uh the familiar dinosaurs of jurassic world domin- uh domination provide provide to uh prove to be a mighty rival for pixar's lightyear at 
uh, at the box office this past weekend. It's almost like Jurassic World Domination was a much more exciting film. Sounds like it. It uh, kind of was. <laughs> yeah, the origin story to Toy Story's Buzz Lightyear ended up at number two with the with the estimated $55 million for its for the four-day opening weekend for with 4,255 theaters. Universal's Jurassic World domination is still reigning champ with its $68 million uh, million dollars for its four-day weekend and a $259.9 million it's taken over the last two weeks in the box office. Mm-hmm. So people are already panning Lightyear as a, a failure. I wouldn't say it's a failure, but admittedly, it's not as it wasn't as good as it could have been. Yeah, because they, they were projecting it at like $70 million in its first weekend. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's fallen short of its their estimated sh- goal. But you never know. Be like, there's been films that started off weak and ended strong. So you never know. Who knows? And the 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 fact would be like, there is controversy behind this film. But uh, I don't think that should reflect bad on how, because to me, the movie, Drew says it's a be like, Drew's opinion is Drew's opinion. Uh, my opinion, I really enjoyed the film. And uh, yeah, I hope the best for the film. And if not, be like, I'm hoping to give it a good review, a good solid review, uh, whenever we review it and the uh, the episode in a proper. Uh, so going on to a little bit more news, and Drew was the one who said, "Be like this needs to be part of the uh, the news segment." So I found it and put it in. Oh yes. So it officially announced. This is comes from uh, awclub.com. Uh, it officially announced a few days ago. Uh, uh, I'm going to butcher this man's name. Uh, Yashiro Nakura, the guy who created the Trigun. Oh, I mean, I'm trying to read the guy's name. Boop. Well, I mean, the first. The first name is Yashihiro, but yeah. I can't. I don't know how the last name. Yeah, Yashihiro. The last name does not look Japanese. Mm. But essentially, the guy behind Trigun. Yeah, the guy who created the Trigun uh, later adapted into the uh, very popular anime series in 1999 that aired on Adult Swim uh, stint for a while uh, is getting a new CG animated remake being called uh, Trigun Stampede. Uh, for Animation Studio Orange, best known for B Stars, uh, and this comes there again. It comes from AVClub.com, and one that I have I missed last year. So when I learned, like, oh, this is the 20th anniversary for a film I absolutely love. Uh, hint, hint, the shirt. Uh, Lilo and Stitch. Hint, hit the stuffed animal and sitting in front of you. Exactly. Um. Uh, Lilo and Stitch debuted in theaters 20 years ago today, in which it is June. What is the date? Uh, June 21st. 21st. June 21st. So uh, I know that the director, he is planning something because I follow him on, I think it's Instagram, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's planning, or correction, Stitch is planning on uh, dropping a video later today. So that's going to be interesting if you don't know that Chris. 
hold on, I'm being a terrible animation. Sanders. Chris Sanders uh, was the designer and the voice for Stitch in the original movie. And for a lot of other uh, projects. He's also the creator of How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, exactly. So uh, apparently. Or the director of those movies anyway. So apparently Stitch, as the character, is going to drop a video uh, later tonight, I believe. And apparently it's something to do with Disney princesses. See, what I ho- was hoping was, and maybe this is, but I thought maybe we might get more of those m- trailer moments oh, where yes. he gets involved <laughs> with like events and then like messes them up, but yet stuff that was not available when the movie came out. So oh, yeah. Like, he hops in the Frozen. Hops yeah, in the hops, tangled. In, hops in the Frozen and Tangled and uh, Zootopia. Yeah. Oh, Zootopia would be hilarious. Yeah. Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. Maybe the, hey, there's a lot of Disney princesses in Wreck-It Ralph he could mess with. A couple of them have already had to deal with him before, so they they, they can already ward him off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan, the last dragon. Yes. There's some interesting things that they could do with that. Oh, yeah. I, I can definitely see Stitch trying to go into Ryan. It's like, dude, you better run. <laughs> <laughs> Running off with one, one of the, uh, I don't remember what they what what they was what the, I don't remember what those orbs were called, but anyway, yeah, just running off with the orb, like come yeah. back here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you're a, a fan of uh Lilo and Stitch, like I am, uh, yeah, it's the 20th anniversary of Lilo and Stitch. So yeah, so that is all I have for uh news. All righty. In that case, I think we need to get into the spoiler-free section of our review for wonder park certified fresh and spoiler free this is my first viewing of this film really yeah i know you're surprised by that (laughs) um i do remember seeing the trailer during a super bowl game Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking a very good super bowl game as far as i'm in your opinion in my opinion yes for, for football fans, it was a very good game. For those of us who only know what's going on when someone scores a touchdown, it was not. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um, I remember that just being a very weird uh, Super Bowl in general yeah. from my perspective. Because there wasn't a lot of good commercials that year. And there wasn't a lot of good... The game was not that great that year. I got you. This could be 2019 now that I think about it, not 2020. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, because okay. 2020, we were over at Owls. That is true. Anyway. That was, that, was a, that was a good game, too. That was a better game. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, the 2019, was, there was not a lot of good trailers, I remember. And this is being the only trailer that I even remember sticking out at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember when I first saw the trailer thinking, wow, this looks cheap. But yet when I started the movie a couple days ago, mm-hmm. I was like, this isn't cheap. They actually put a lot of money into this. This looks better than some of some other movies that came out around here. This looks better. This is better than uh, Ugly Dolls. This is uh, the amount of fur they had to deal with. Uh, I mean, you, 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 we haven't seen that much fur in animation since uh, Monsters Incorporated or Monsters University would have been the right. closer one. Um so I mean I'm I'm looking at this thing. This is actually very well animated. Yeah. Can the story uh, 
stick with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I would not say the film is bad. It's not Oscar worthy by any means. Right. But I'd say this is like a uh, middle of the road. Okay. It's, it's not something that's like, you know, downright horrible. Mm. There's nothing that's really objectionable other than they're addicted to math, which is just wrong in, in and of itself. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The math camp. Oh, song. oh my gosh. That like, is like, really? Uh, I, I, I've known, you, I've known people have went to math camp. People have drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh gosh. You had to go to Jonestown to reference, didn't you? <laughs> it, it was very cultish in how they were in, <laughs> that is in their love of very, math. <laughs> very true. Very true. Either or. <laughs> but oh yeah, I mean, gosh. it wasn't a bad film. It's just, it was. It was okay. That's almost like the nicest thing. The best thing I can say about it. Yeah. Is it wasn't bad. It was okay. It's not like horrible. I mean, this is a film that if your kid falls in love with it, there's nothing to get mad about. No. Uh, or, if you just, or if you just friendly. need something that maybe will pacify. So if they like the movie, you know, mm-hmm. definitely go ahead and buy it. But in terms of like, and while the animation is beautiful, nothing's really pushing the the envelope that much no especially when you get to the end credits uh mm-hmm. but yeah that's it's like this is on level with like dreamworks and pixar in terms yeah. of uh uh what they can do it's just at the very low end of that this is like i would put this at like bugs life kind okay. of levels it's not bad necessarily it's just not you know it could be better yeah that's a film i still haven't seen yet we will get there when we get there exactly what are your thoughts on this my thoughts uh i like thinking back when you mentioned it being a trailer and i was i remember watching the trailer and that's about all i remember of the film and trailer commercial yeah it's not what i wasn't the actual trailer it was a commercial okay yeah a commercial but anyway yeah either or uh this was uh this flew completely under my radar uh this was 2019 yeah yeah this would have been right after we really got started with the show yeah when this came out yeah because i remember seeing something about it that's about yeah and those in those first couple weeks i was highly sensitive to animated movies coming out because in my mind it's like okay we need to watch all this stuff I was like, no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> we had to, we had to realize, no, we can still keep it at our, we, we may have an elevated watching schedule now, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's right. not, we you don't have to go bonkers. Right. But anyway, sorry. Uh, so I saw, I saw this on a Black Friday deal at Walmart or a, um, Walmart, Wal- Walmart. You cannot say Voldemort, can yeah, you? Yeah, Voldemort, Voldemort. Thank you, Voldemort. Uh, so they had a, a Black Friday deal a store that shall not be named. Exactly. So, so it's, it's a very much tradition to me to go to uh, go to that store and you know buy a ton of movies, and it's I saw it and it was like okay this is for cheap why not so I just threw it in, I threw it in the collection, and I think the um that year I was doing a um 
2020, I think it was 2020, uh, movie challenge or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like determined I have to, you know, get this mark. And, uh, it was like, Oh, wonder- I gave up like 20 till the end because I had three days. It's like, yeah, this ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't make it. I was very proud of myself. Uh, I, I got to a point where it's like, I'm not even enjoying the movies I'm watching. So why am I doing this? <laughs> so I, I wound up putting Wonder Park on the on the do- on the docket. I wound up watching it. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, I think I I mentioned it on the podcast. I think so. Mm-hmm. But going back and watching this movie again, uh, it's beautifully animated. Do not get me wrong. This is very well animated. Um, there, there, there are some, it's, it's got some problems story-wise and there's some vocal issues that I had problems with the second viewing. And there's like a bunch of little things that, you know, that were uncredited. Let's say that. And overall it's, it's a good movie. It's a passable film. Uh, it's something that it's very colorful. It's very bright. Uh, it speaks on something that like most people have and it's, you know, addressing something that, that does need to be addressed. But overall it's a good film. It's passable. It's very friendly, family friendly. And, um, yeah, just sad how it, uh, it's in results in theaters. So yeah, that is my spoiler free thoughts. All right. Well, join us on the other side of these ads and we will get to spoiling this thing. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Josh Adams, Ashley Cronin Bitter. To get your name on the show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the culture box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, their podcast Com Talk, another podcast where they talk about bad movies called Bottom Shelf, and another podcast where they read books, allegedly. Uh, and they and there are written articles, all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. Find all their content at geekdevotions.com. This show is a part of Pop Americana. For more great shows like this one, please check the link in the episode description. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course... <laughs> Who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana, which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Wonder Park. Listener discretion is advised. Wonder Park 
was directed by Dylan Brown, uncredited. Mm -hmm. More on that when we get to trivia. But he also directed the Toy Story Toons short, Partysaurus Rex. Okay. It was also written by Josh Applebaum, Andre Nemec, and Robert Gordon. Uh, getting into the cast, we got Sophia Molly playing young June, mm -hmm. and she played young Katie in something called Who Stole My Daughter? I have no idea what that is, huh. but it was there wasn't much to pick from. Uh, Jennifer Garner was the voice of mom, uh -huh. and she was Electra in Daredevil, mm -hmm. the movies, not the TV show. And she was Sydney Briscoe in Alias. True. Yes. Uh, Ken Hudson Campbell was the voice of Boomer. And in Home Alone, he played Santa. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Keenan Thompson played Gus. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the uh, uh, his previous Nick, this is like he used to do a couple of Nickelodeon movies because yeah. he used to be on Nickelodeon. Yeah. That's where he got to start. But uh, he played the character of Dexter Reed in Good Burger. Okay. You know, welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Okay. You didn't watch this. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really watch it either, but I remembered that. Oh, okay. Something, and they were in love with orange soda for some reason. Mm. Anyway, Mila Kunis was the voice of Greta. Mm. And in... Uh, like, like hmm? Oink, oink. Yeah. In uh, Jupiter Ascending, she played Jupiter Jones. Ah, I've, I've heard good things and I've heard really bad things about this movie. Less talk about Jupiter ascending, the better. Okay. John Oliver was the voice of Steve and he was Zazu in The Lion King 2019. Ah. Ken Jung was the voice of Cooper mm -hmm. and he was Dino Mutt in Scoob. That sure was. Norbert Leo Butts was the voice of Peanut and he played a character named Clay in Dan in Real Life. Uh, Matthew Broderick was the voice of dad, and he was, of course, Ferris Bueller in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, though I most recently saw him as Nick Totopoulos <laughs> in Godzilla <laughs> to 1998. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yep. That's a lot of fish. A lot of fish. Brianna Densky was the voice of June, and she played a character named Jackie in a Lifetime Channel original movie named Wishing and Hoping. Okay. There was not a whole lot of picks on these, by the way. I gotcha. Uh, Oev Michael Urbis was the voice of Banky. And he, he was uh, in something. I didn't even write down what this was in, but yeah. he was a, oh, sorry. The movie was Metro Park, and he was a store customer who got caught stealing. Oh, fun. Whatever that was. Okay. Uh, Kate McGregor Stewart was Aunt Albertine. And she was Miss Lemons in School of Rock. Another Disney, another uh, Nickelodeon movie, mm -hmm. which people forget that's actually a Nickelodeon movie. Really? Yeah. Um, Kevin Chamberlain was the voice of Uncle Tony. And uh, he was Frank the Bouncer in Road to Perdition. Okay. And uh, Kath Sushi was the voice of Bus Cancellor Shannon, and she is the voice of Linka in Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Really? Yes. Okay. But it's interesting that she was the final voice uh, in this because she's also our Kingdom Hearts connection. Really? Yep. Or our first one. She played Sally, Shock, and Sora's mother. 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, that poor woman. She never heard what happened to Sora. Sora. Anyway. He, he went on a very... She never appears in the rest of the game. Yeah. Even though he does eventually... Spoiler alert. He does eventually get back to Destiny Islands. Really? Yeah. But we never hear her her voice again. Oh, that's just sad. I, I'm tempt- I want to check out the Japanese version because I'm actually curious if there's even a voice there. Mm. Uh, but anyway, uh, Eddie Lehman Bodeker, who was a choir vocalist in this, is actually a vocalist in Kingdom Hearts. Really? Yeah. And that's my two Kingdom Hearts connections. What do we got in info and stuff? All right. So info and stuff. On IMDb, it has a 5.8 out of 10. You can watch on an Amazon Prime Video. Production was by Paramount Animation, Nickelodeon Movies, and Lion, with two L's, Lion Animation Studio. Distributed by Paramount Pictures. Released, uh, was re- uh, its release date was March 15th, ni- 2019 here in the United States and April 12th of 2019 in Spain. Box office. This movie had an estimated budget of... 90 uh 90 million dollars it's uh opening u.s and canada was 15.8 on march 17th it's u.s gross which gross which is ouch 45.45.2 million dollars and its worldwide gross was 100 and 119.5 million dollars ouch uh home release Wonder Park was released on DVD and Blu-ray on June, haha, June eighteenth, nineteen two thousand nineteen, on digital HD, and on on June fourth by Paramount Home Entertainment. So we actually got pretty close to a, a anniversary on this. We did actually. Uh, let's see sequels. There was actually a. Uh, Wonder Park animated series uh, in um, in talks of being produced. Yeah, and from what I saw on IMDb, there was at least some of that completed mm. because many a lot of the voice actors reprised their roles. Yeah, of the not all of them, but I mean, like the the Boomer, mm. uh, he reprised his role. I noted that. Really? Yeah. A lot more of the bigger name actors did not. Of but. course. Yeah, so uh, part of his release, uh, Paramount Animation announced that a television series based on the film would be debut on Nickelodeon after the film's theatrical release. This would become the third animated animated film uh, from Nickelodeon Films to have a spin-off ser- a series spinoff from Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and Barnyard. And the first, <laughs> I keep hearing really bad things about barnyard and male a, cows with uh, udders. Oh, uh, yeah, that's no. as far as I'm going. Okay, good. Uh, that's like terrible flashbacks to the the what was that 2019 2018 Power Rangers movie? Ugh. <laughs> Either or, um. And the first animated first animated film from Paramount Animation to be inspired by a series spinoff from a film. A series first season consisting of 20 episodes was completed between 2019 and 2020. However, it was not released until 2022. Has not been re- has 
Uh, however, it has not been released as of 2022. So apparently there's an entire season worth of content been created that has not been released because the movie failed miserably in theaters. I'm thinking, you know, with as much uh, streaming stuff, and this is Cartoon Network, right? Throw that. Paramount. Paramount. So it's Nickelodeon. It's Nickelodeon. Throw it on. Throw that up on Paramount Plus and just get it out of there. Yeah. I mean, nobody may watch it, but you got it out there. Somebody might as well try it. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it will be like a Sonic Boom where, you know, what it was based on, you know, was hot garb was was not received well. Yeah. Mostly because the game was hot garbage. I'm not saying that about Wonder Park. Right. But the show, like, found an audience. So right. maybe it, it might go that way. Mm-hmm. Don't if you if you've got stuff made, don't hold it back. Put it out there. You never know when an audience will find your stuff. Yeah, exactly. Everything has an audience and you never know. It might spur on another movie you never know you never know so paramount get on it drop it on drop it and just let us watch it sit it down right there next to sonic the hedgehog 2 yeah and let people go what is going on and you never know so yeah that is all i have for info and stuff i just realized wonder park came out in 2019 has not been able to get its sequel series released anywhere because it didn't do so well. Yet we've had two Sonic the Hedgehog movies. Yeah. And a Knuckles television show in production. Yeah. That just tells you how good, what a a positive movie will do for you. Yeah, exactly. Positive reception on a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, getting into the summary for this. No, here's, here's one thing. Say if okay. they, you, you had the first trailer. And that completely decimated the film. Here's here's what I before I get into the summary. I never the only time I saw any advertisement mm-hmm. for this movie, yeah, was that one commercial we saw at uh, that su- that played during the Super Bowl, right? A, if you had no faith in this movie at all, the only reason you would still play that commercial is if you couldn't get out of it. True. B. Why was this the only? Why was that the only place that there was any information on it? Okay, I mean, I suspect what I'm going to get into with the trivia mm-hmm. dealing with uh, why the director was kicked off this film. Okay, uh, may indeed lead into it because maybe Paramount Pictures may have looked at this as an embarrassment, possibly. But Pixar did had it worse, and they still were putting out movies. So true. Granted, they get a movie in theaters until recently. Yes, but you can blame COVID for that. That is true. I still blame COVID for that. I yeah. I don't like how Disney treated Pixar, but when you get right down to it, where the same trouble because the same troubles visited this that visited Pixar, in mm-hmm. which a major person. Well, I'll get to that later. Yeah. I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah. Summary. Before I get off on another tangent. <laughs> Jean Bailey, a girl with a bright imagination, and her mother come up with the story of Wonderland, a magical amusement park run by a group of animals. Boomer, a big blue bear who greets guests. Greta, a wild boar. Gus and Cooper, beaver brothers. And Steve, a porcupine who is the park safety manager and is in love with Greta. And Peanut, the leader of the pack. And a chimpanzee who has the ability to create rides by listening to June's mother's voice. 
Over time, June's mother starts to get sick and is sent away for recovery. As a result, June starts alienating from Wonderland and burns the blueprints of the park out of frustration. Sometime later, June's father sends her to math camp. After misinterpreting a note from her father as a cry for help, June uses her friend Banky to create a distraction on the bus to escape and return home, but instead she finds a broken down Wonderland in the woods. The park is currently being surrounded by a cloud named the Darkness. June and the animals attempt to fix Clockwork Swings, the park's mechanism, but are attacked by Chimpan Zombies, the park's former plush toys that now empower the darkness. In the chaos, June gets separated from the animals and finds herself in a floating chamber known as Zero G Land, where June finds Peanut hiding from the darkness, where he confesses he he felt lost after he stopped hearing the voices in his head. Well, when you're crazy, you do... You do depend on the voices in your head. Yes, this leads June to realize that the darkness was created by herself as a result of her cynicism from her mother's illness. The chimpan zombies break in and take Pina as their prisoner, but June manages to escape. June runs back to the animals to tell them she found Pina, but also confesses that she is responsible for the darkness. Feeling upset over the revelation, they selfishly abandon her after noticing the piece of the blueprint and realizing that she has been able to create the ideas for the park herself, June manages to fix one of the attractions to catch up with the animals and make it to Clockwork Springs. She also explains why she created the darkness, and seeing that she wants to help, the animals reform the team to save Peanut and Wonderland. The gang finds the Chimpan zombies, taking Peanut to get sucked up into the darkness. The animals fight back while June rushes to save Peanut by jumping into the void. She promises him that she will provide the voice for his imagination and that he should not let the darkness take over him giving him an idea to make a slide out of bendy straws to escape. While the gang and Peanut are riding the slide to avoid the chimpan zombies, June then notices that Clockwork Springs is attached to her name, written in cursive, just like the blueprint piece. With Peanut's help, they get Clockwork Springs back up and running by using her name to move the gears and clear up Wonderland from the darkness. A cloud remains over the park, to which June interprets as a reminder to continue to be imaginative. June returns home, and with it, her now her now cured mother and they set up a wonderland in their backyard june then shares with other kids the story of wonderland getting into the trivia for this all right the film has no credited director dun, dun, dun. as mentioned earlier right the director's guild almost always refuses to allow a film to be released without a credited director due to various legalities and contractual obligations however the makers oh, how the makers of this film were allowed to release a film without crediting a director, remains unclear. The film was originally titled Amusement Park and directed by Dylan Brown. Brown was removed from the project following accusations of sexual misconduct in January of 2018, Mm. and the film was renamed Wonder Park. Because the movie was mostly completed at the time of his firing, no other director was hired. What? Yeah. That is bizarre. Yes, the the phrase Wonder Park is not used in the film movie, not even once. Wonderland is the actual name of the park. Mm-hmm. And this was originally intended to release on August 10th, 2018, but it was moved to March 15th, 2019 to avoid competing with Disney's Christopher Robin. Mm. The amusement park in this movie is called Wonderland. There is an amusement park in Ontario, Canada that is commonly known as Wonderland, although its full name is Canada's Wonderland. It was previously owned by Paramount, one of the production companies for the film. Huh. As I was saying earlier, before I said, well, let me catch up to that. 
Mm-hmm. I suspect this film was considered an embarrassment by most of the pe- higher-ups at Paramount. Okay. And the only reason they did any release for it whatsoever was because they had contractual obligations in tow. Probably. And this was before COVID when the idea was like, well, the movie was made. We could just we, we can just throw it up on the streaming service and be done with it. Right. This, this is before that thought process was even involved. Right. So I suspect that's what happened. And even though they have a TV series that was finished, probably done by a separate production company. Probably. I'm guessing at, at around the same time. Because I suspect it was designed to be like released in, in like late 2019, maybe early 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm suspecting it's like, well, they didn't want to go to that much trouble. And probably everyone in the higher ups that has control over whether or not that ever gets released probably forgot it exists. Probably. So, yeah, that's my theory. But I, I, now that I've talked a bunch, Jacob. What is your first like for this film? My first like is just how imaginative this movie is. Be like how in animation wise, be like if you're in the world of Wonder Park and the the sure joy of animation that is just full display. Because uh, I remember you you saying before that it looked cheap. I remember thinking it looked cheap. Yeah, thinking in my it memories, looked yes. it looked cheap. Now, granted, I saw it on a TV. Right. A plasma screen that was probably a good 10, 20 feet away from me at the time. Yeah. Uh, the While it was a 720p television, we were probably only seeing standard definition uh, on that thing because it was streamed over uh, the Roku box. Yeah. It probably not hooked up with HDMI, so there was a lot of blurring inherent in the image anyway. Okay. So I will grant that I probably did not see that trailer in its be- that commercial in its best light. I gotcha. I gotcha. But be like, yeah, the animation of this movie is absolutely breathtaking. Uh definitely when you get into Wonder Park uh proper. Mm-hmm. Uh because how the 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 mascots, their hair is uh rendered the uh the elements in this movie is done very well um there there's somebody who just i don't want to just use the word wonder in you know then describing this movie because it's just you know it's over redundant um it's very spectacularly well done for some reason i've got in my mind lion going wonder wonder wonder, wonder Park! Oh! sorry <laughs> had to get that out of my system okay but um yeah it's just like this is a very well done animation wise movie it is very uh it's one of those films that's like wow just stuns you with its animation Mm -hmm. like with lighting and elements and just character and like everything it's just it blows you out of your blows it blew me out of my socks and it's like wow this is really good yeah very well done animation wise uh so yeah it's my number one my number one is uh, is connected but it's different i actually like the imaginative design of wonderland itself Mm -hmm. on one hand it is a amusement park literally i could with, with some exceptions yeah obviously a lot of these i could actually see as legitimate rides but seen through a child's 
imagination. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, cause you, cause I mean, the roller coaster is not crazy. It looks like a roller coaster. Um, the, mm-hmm. the swing, the, the teeter totter pump things there at uh, clockwork Springs. Yeah. That looks like a, I, I can see that in my mind at an amusement park, something yeah. designed to look like that. Yeah. Kind of, it, it had this nice, uh, amalgamation for lack of a better term of how a kid would see the theming of an amusement park mm-hmm. and reality, believe yeah. it or not. Um, and so I really appreciated how I, the only thing I really don't think would work that I think they went a little outside of the zero G room yeah because that's just nonsense Mm -hmm. uh the the ride where they throw this pod that people are sitting in Uh across the park i'm i'm sitting there going yeah that's never going to exist yeah (laughs) not in our lifetime i don't care how good it's programmed that is a safety that that is a disaster waiting to happen Uh (laughs) uh-huh But um, the but for the most part, the rest of the park in the way that it's designed, mm-hmm. I mean, some of it is just like crazy, admittedly. But I could see how a child's imagination, if allowed to shape an actual amusement park, yeah, could create what they came up with. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I I thought it was a very realistic look at this fictional theme park. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my second like would actually go into more of the depression, even though this movie doesn't really delve into depression more often. It's but, more environmentally. Yeah. It talks about that, but yeah, and you can kind of see it in June, but yeah, a little bit. But it, it's it's I I love that they actually do discuss it in a way mm-hmm. that like definitely towards the end of where the the park has been saved and everything's open again. And June's leaving, it's like, oh, there's the darkness. It doesn't really go away, but it's just like you kind of just work around it. And that's what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'll, I, I'll jump in afterwards. Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of like depression because there's a lot of people. It's like, well, you just need, you need to pray about it. Well, yeah, you can, you have to pray about it. But, but you um, also have to work actively work against you, it. You too. have to actually work against it because depression, believe me, I have mild depression and I've gone through some funks. Yeah. It's not fun. Um, so I, I love that they, that depression's just still there. It's kind of the back of your head. You know, it's there, mm-hmm. but you are so focused on everything surrounds you that you have a focus and a drive now that it's still there. It's never going to go away. Yeah. But it's still, it's, I, I like the depiction of it, that it's an all consuming void mm-hmm. that is going to gobble everything up in your life. Yes. And that's what depression does. Uh, I, I, I don't subscribe to if, if you're uh, like in, in some Christian circles, if your prayer life isn't this, if you're not reading your Bible, that's why depression happens. It's like, no, that's no, because we I've, live in a fallen world. I've seen people who are not good at Christian. They're Christians. But I mean, they're not as up on their stuff. Mm-hmm. Never have to deal with this depression once ever. Exactly. And yet I, and I've seen people who are have strong faith. Mm-hmm. And they battle depression daily. Oh yeah. So yeah, 
So, yeah, I just feel like I, I, I enjoy when we start to understand that, okay, it's June's June's depression that her mom is not there. Uh, I would have liked more if they would have gone even, even more in depth with that, but they didn't. Uh, I'll, I'll get into my dislikes later, mm-hmm. but I, I like the way they describe depression and the fact that, what is it? It's not bubbles. The uh, the monkey. Uh, peanut. Peanut. Thank you. Yeah, Peanut is basically a representation of June as a character. Mm-hmm. Is that she no longer he no longer hears the woman's voice and he loses his his uh his creativity. He loses all this hope, and uh, that's what June is. That's what June is. She's kind of lost her lost her way. She no longer cares. Mm-hmm. She's she's burying all of her her feelings in order to not feel them which that's the thing you don't do with depression because you try burying it it's going to come back up harder and faster yeah uh, so I, I like in the the execution of how they describe depression in a character I have some disagreements with how they do it but uh, I, I love the description and how they execute the um the imagined of depression. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that. So yeah, that's my number two. So what's, what's interesting about that cloud of darkness that remains, mm-hmm. and I may be crazy for seeing it this way, I'll admit. Yeah. But what's interesting is that cloud is not the same darkness cloud at the end of the movie that it was for most of the movie. Yeah. It looks kind of like a rainbow aurora that's above the park. It does. Which I thought that was interesting how it's like in a different light, it kind of was beautiful in a way. Yeah. But if allowed to fester, it can turn ugly. Yeah, it can. Just it's, throwing that out there. Yeah. And also you can you can point it out as more like sin in someone's life mm-hmm. that if they allow it to become just manifest and it just devours everything in their life but the fact to be like that we are a a we are a sinful people that sin is still going to be in our lives even though if you are a follower of christ be like you're you're still going to struggle with sin yeah it's not that like once you become a believer in jesus christ that your sin is no longer there Mm -hmm. that you still struggle with it and it's like depression you're still going to struggle with now i guarantee some people are going to argue me with that but uh it's it's like be like if if you if you know yourself you if you know your sin and like you know it's always going to be there it's gonna be yeah. just itching you in the back of your head but it's more you're grounding yourself in the the faith of Christ mm-hmm. to sustain you from not going back to that and not you know falling into that temptation it's it's uh, to me i think it's a good parallel with that yeah it's like, you know, what what are you grounded in? Because if you're grounded in the world, eventually that's going to come back and just swallow you back up. Yeah. So, yeah. Just thought I would add that. All right. Anyway. What's your, what's your number? My second like. Second like. My second like for the film actually is um, the animation. Okay. Most of the, the the animation is in. It's going to sound weird to say that it's Nickelodeon esque, but <laughs> it is Nickelodeon. It is Nickelodeon esque, uh, and made by Nickelodeon, so it makes sense. But I mean, in terms of like character models mm-hmm. and such, it's not. 
overly cartoony, but yet it is still cartoony. If right. it makes any sense. Right. Um, the animation is like the, the film has some polish issues that I'll get into more later on. Right. But a lot of the animation is like spot on to the point where I do kind of wonder was at what point did in the production of this, did we lose the director and we were just, it was, we were just had just different apartments departments just doing like polish work on some of this stuff since most of the scenes were perhaps mostly ready to yeah. go, but yeah. just needed, you know, some more polish here and right. there. And maybe that, and that could be, while it's so strange that mm-hmm. they didn't hire another director to finish it. It could be that it was just far enough along. It didn't make sense yeah. to hire another director, but it's still strange. Yeah. Let's Agreed. be honest. Agreed. But I mean, so much of the animation on this for a movie that honestly made no splash when it released mm-hmm. is amazing you've got great uh fur simulation hair oh, simulation yeah. yeah you've got um, uh, some great lighting throughout this some very creative lighting oh yeah all throughout the film uh there's a couple of story beats that are a little wonky but nothing too crazy right but the animation itself is like amazing for what it is i mean yeah I've seen just this year we saw a film in which the animation looked far worse than this, but actually made a bigger splash because uh, some more advertising got put behind it. Yeah, which was Ugly Dolls. Yeah, came out around the same year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this is the better film. Agreed. It is. It, it, it could use some work just because of how it was left in the lurch there at the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this is an amazingly animated film. Okay. What's your third like? My third like, uh, it just goes into imagination of this film. Be like, it's it's June and her mother creating this. And one of my questions, like, how in the world are they? Sp-? Like, I understand if you're an only child and your family is like very rich. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's, this, I was an only child. We were not this rich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like to to have the luxury of like your parents allow you to like overrun their house with your imagination. How cool would that be? Yeah, that um, was never going to happen no matter how much money we had. Yeah, exactly. Me either. Because you want the, the house needs to be clean. <laughs> yeah, and presentable. Yes. And um, you never know when someone's going to come by and visit. Yeah, there's the, the idea that like the, the parents foster her imagination and let it grow and let it develop. And I, I enjoy that because there's so much of our, our world today. That's like, it's like, Oh, just be like, don't be like, cause I remember a lot of it, it's like where kids are more like, they, they're really creative and they mm-hmm. got this imagination and it just squished beyond belief because, you know, either parents or guardians, they're they're They can't be bothered with it. So I, I enjoy watching this this little girl grow up and her her imagination is just it's flowered. Mm-hmm. It's flowered and it's nurtured and it's 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 given the right the the right the 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 right uh the right potting soil and it's it's given nurture mm-hmm. and I, I enjoy that and definitely when it's pulled away when it's pulled away by by its own creator because she's so broken hearted by this. Yeah. 
And uh, when she finds that spark again to, you know, reignite it. And it's just, it's, it's a joy to watch. It's a joy to watch this, 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 uh, the, the idea of pure imagination. It's, it's mm-hmm. really cool. I really enjoy that in some films and this one does it very well. I just be like, it'd be cool if had parents like that. Be just like, just let them run over your entire house with whatever you're working on because it's like, it's like, well, I may have some thoughts on that in a bit, but right, we'll get there too. when we get there. I do too. But yeah, I just, I, I enjoy the, the imagination and just allowed the character of June's imagination to just flourish. And I just, I really, really enjoy that as a creative person. Mm-hmm. So what is your number three? My third like for this was uh, June's dad. Hmm. Believe it or not, he's not got a big role no. in this film, but he's probably got the hardest role in the family because obviously um, June's mom is the light of her life. Mm-hmm. She's the one that uh, they, the two of them created the whole lore and idea behind this wonder park. Um together and the dad looks like he tries to get involved but he's kind of you know off to the silence because he can't really do much maybe because he's just not that creative yeah as that's just entirely possible but he tries so hard when after june's mom goes into the hospital mm-hmm. literally i thought she was dead <laughs> for like a good portion of this film yeah it's like yeah, you'll never recover from this completely. And really, she'll never recover from it completely. Right. Uh, this traumatic event. But the father, as much as he is trying so hard, even though he is ultimately does not have like the same pool of talent to pu- pull from that his wife had, mm-hmm. is trying so oh, yeah. stinking hard to be what his daughter needs him to be yeah and And yeah at one point that's like i I can't help you right that much right now i need to get you away from here because that may be the best thing for you so i'm going to send you to this math camp yeah that ultimately you don't want to go to at all and Mm -hmm. you will never even make it there (laughs) but um he's just trying so hard to be to help to protect to be there for his daughter and Mm -hmm. help his daughter through this as she like goes from being the most insanely creative person to being like uh I'm trying to uh, Squidward from SpongeBob SquarePants for lack of a better mm. term. Very well, maybe not Squidward. Uh, there's a couple episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants, I think, where SpongeBob loses his for one reason or another, has to go super serious for whatever reason okay. and loses like all the funness that you associate with him yeah all the zaniness yeah and so he's this very proper Mm -hmm. like oh we don't want to do all this because it may cause issues and and that's kind of what she goes to Mm -hmm. but i he knows that's not the girl he wants his daughter to be he wants his daughter to be the same crazy creative ball of dynamite Mm -hmm. that she was when his mother when his wife was there Mm -hmm. but he does not know how to foster it that well yeah 
and or to help her through the depression that she's going through. He's just yeah. completely ill-equipped, but he's trying so stinking hard. Is. And I appreciate that. This I, Matthew Broderick, bless his heart, does not have a good history with acting roles. He's famous. He's got a lot of great parts, especially in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But bless his heart, sometime after Ferris Bueller, he just almost all sense of respect for that actor kind of just ground up and disappeared in the public. Yeah. In some fashion, he shows up in different things. Like I said, he's Nick Totopoulos and mm-hmm. uh, Godzilla and what's considered the worst Godzilla film by a lot of Godzilla fans, which right. I disagree with myself. Right. But um, he's this kind of laughing stock actor. Who's in so many things that people make fun of. He's almost the eighties version of Nick cage, except Nick cage, I think was active in the eighties. Yeah. But um, he's like it's like that kind of thing. But he does his acting in this as, as almost utilitarian as it is. Yeah, I think is spot on for what that character needed. Yeah, and how it helped her get to the point where she needed to get to in order to, you know, discover, find out, figure, uh, d- discover the almost real world area of Wonder Park that happens to be, you know, right outside of town. More on my issues with that here in a minute. Right. <laughs> But yeah, that's my third like. What's right. your first dislike? My first dislike. Uh it's going into uh let's be frank, it's it's got it's got a weak story. Yeah. It's got a weak story. Uh and it's it's very basic. It's a very basic story. Mm-hmm. There's there's no real like big, like enormous story they're trying to tell. And there's it's not a lot of depth. Yes. It's more of a girl who is missing her mother. And she stumbles into. I'm almost, almost I'm almost be like, I, I want to make the assumption that June, uh, in her, her attempts to get back to her father, stumbled and tripped and bumped her head. And this is all the result of her just being I like, I like how our first dislike is like in sync. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the story itself is like very, it's very weak. It's, it's kind of like a, it's like very surface kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. It has this, this air of be like, oh, okay, so we're, we're going to tell this story. We're going to tell the story that, you know, little kids are going to get, but we're not, we're not going to go into depth, anything, uh, depression. It, we're going to talk about depression, but we're not going to go into any kind of like deep, like, you know, clinical, mm-hmm. uh, psychosis of what this child is going through. Uh, just more of like, oh, I just missed my mother. Yeah. And uh, I, I would have loved to have seen them do something like really deep in depth with this to make it just more like grounded, like have an actual fear that she's never going to see her mother again. And uh, I think it's just like the, the story itself is so surface based. Mm-hmm. It's just be like, hey, here's our story. Da 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 yeah, it, it's it's very it's a very simple story. There again, there's nothing wrong with simple stories, but I think it'd be like to give children the credit it is due is to give them a story, but give them a story that has depth. And this story does not have depth because you have a mother who has gone off. We don't know if we'll ever see her again. We we do get senses of that, but we don't get any depth of it. And I understand you don't want to scare children. But you don't want to play down to children, so this movie um, does have a uh, a way of not 
playing down to its audience, but not really trying to engage their audience. I'm just saying that my neighbor Totoro did the uh, the fear of losing one's mother far better. Yeah, agreed. Just just throwing that out there. Yeah, because there there's so many little things in this story that could have made it even more epic mm-hmm. with the 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 threat of losing their her mother the 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 parallels between her and peanut and like all of the other characters because they're an extension of her yeah an extension of her imagination and how be like the darkness could have started twisting things and manipulating made it really dark of how you know depression can be it's like how she overcomes it and how da 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 it made this a really grand story, but they just made it such a surface level be like, we're just cruising down a road and here's our story. Yeah. And it's all wonderful. And just like, look at the animation. It's all wonderful and great. But the story, it's just more like, you you're just riding along the road. Yeah. That's what, that's what I think of the story. Mm-hmm. It's very much as a surface level story. And there's no, there's not a whole lot of depth to it. But like, yeah, if, if you really wanted to, you could probably just piece this thing together. But it's not one of those things. It's just like pluck, 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 pluck. It's just, here's the story. That's it. Yeah. That is my number one. So getting into my first dislike, I yeah. want to ask you a question. You, I, th- I hope you can answer. What is the one thing that will ruin a perfectly good movie for me that I bring up any time I have an issue with it? Uh, it doesn't have a good villain. No. Logistics. Logistics. That's right. It there is, is log- a huge logistical issue in this film. Okay. Now, I want to first say before people go like, it's a child's imagination that should take care of everything. Okay. Here's the thing. Children's imagination and this world being based off of her imagination. Mm hmm will forgive a lot yeah and it does forgive a lot i have in this film because there comes a point where it's like okay yeah this is how her imagination works this is how we see it Mm -hmm. here's my major logistical issue and you touched on it when she is in wonder park we Mm -hmm. see her in wonder park where is she what is she where is she really i think she's in her head (laughs) Obviously, she's in her head, which means her physical body is still wandering the woods somewhere. Yeah. Going through, who knows what she's what she's actually experiencing or her body's actually doing yeah. while she's here. If the, if the movie had shown her, like, hit her head as she was initially walking through there, like maybe when she went through the park's barrier... Yeah, she tripped and, and she fell tripped down and hill. fell, and then in the part in the in the process of that, it mm-hmm. becomes very obvious she is still going this direction, but she's um, for she's entering the wonder park of her imagination mm-hmm. right here. If there was a, there's obviously a point where you know she moved from the real world to Wonderland. Yeah. They have a whole sound effect for it for oh, yeah. crying out loud. Right. But there was never a point where it's like, this is why she went to Wonderland. Yeah. As far as we know, she was just wandering the woods for a day 
in real in real life for well, like hour, so, a couple hours. Uh, about thirty minutes. Yeah. What the father says. Yeah, she she wandered the woods for thirty minutes, but yet somehow that was three days or a week. I don't remember how long they claimed it took place in in Wonderland itself. Right. But granted, if she had knocked herself out unconscious and then we saw her wake up yeah. or here's just a wild idea instead mm. of the way they showed it uh especially since you then you don't have to do the stupid i know you're gonna send me back to math camp but i, I don't have time for that i've got too much rebuilding to do yeah instead of saying that nonsense have her wake up in her house and her father worried sick about her that she may not come out of uh whatever she may not come out of her unconsciousness because someone happened to find her body in the woods yeah and in the context of everything maybe she wakes up in a hospital or something and yeah it may have been only 30 minutes to an hour in real time had passed yeah but she had spent three or four days there. that honestly would have fit better for me and would have been a little bit more realistic yeah agreed and at that point like every single solitary other minor logistical issue that i can't right off as being child's imagination yeah immediately gets fixed there because it's like it's all happening in her head i can forgive like near everything at this right point. but so much of that is like i'm wondering when she's at the uh clockwork springs where is she actually yeah is she is is like is she in the middle is she seeing these woods as this or is she like just knocked unconscious it's never explained no it's not and it's one of those things where honestly i probably don't need to know probably it's probably it's not important to the story no Pro- probably if even with all the p- more polish in it it would have been like this anyway and it would be something i would have an issue with anyway because it's a logistical issue that has no bearing on the story itself right but there's just a part of me going where has she been this whole time outside of just wandering the woods yeah was she when she was up at the top of these of, of the the uh, bendy straw slides, was she at the top of a hill that she then slid down that led her into town? Was uh when she when they were on when she was escaping the roll on the roller coaster or they're riding the roller coaster around? Was she like in the middle of a tree, kind of pretending like she was riding in a roller coaster? Yeah. What is actually going on? It's like the. F- there's just a tiny bit of suspension and disbelief. The movie does not give me right. that. Honestly, I'm thinking too hard about it is probably the issue, but, and this is usually the issue with these logistical mm-hmm. problems I have. Right. I'm thinking too hard about it. Right. But it's just like, I'm still sort of wondering what is she actually doing? Even though we're seeing her in wonder park. Yeah. How did she get five days into half an hour? The movie doesn't even last half an hour. For goodness sakes, have her be lost in the woods for two hours. Yeah. Then this is, or whatever the length of the movie is, or however long the length of the movie has been since she ran off the bus. Yeah. Do that, and I don't care anymore. Right. Anyway. What's your second like? My second second dislike kind of ties into yours with logistics. So you you have this time frame of of a be like the father says be like oh you only been gone for 30 minutes it's like okay so she made the escape from the bus and hiked all the way back 
through yes. the woods. And granted, this is 2019. They're cell phones. So the fact would be like no one in that bus realized for 10 seconds, realized there's a student missing. How about the simple fact that even if it's true that somehow they missed that she wasn't on the bus. Yeah. Where the bus was and where her house was at the right she went through, even if she made a beeline, it would take her longer than 30 minutes to walk there. Exactly. Not to mention how many policemen would have seen her, but how many people would have seen her by that point? Yeah. And she can't go beeline because eventually you're going to get into neighborhoods. Yeah. You can't just walk straight through a person's house. That is true. Unless you're Ferris Bueller. He can do that. Yeah. And, true. He, and she is his daughter. So maybe. Yeah, apparently maybe that rubs <laughs> off on her. Uh, so this, this, this notion that be like, she wanders off and it, uh, you know, estimatedly takes 30, she's 30 minutes. Like you said, be like, she takes a, she goes the long way around. This is an eight-year-old. Eight-year-olds don't walk mm-hmm. eight miles an hour. No, they don't. You're going to be lucky to get that distance should have taken her at least two hours. Yeah, at least. So my, my assumption is there again, 21st century. This is a, a modern school. Be like, they have cell phones. They probably realize the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the best friend, the, 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 the crush character has waken up from him and says something that June has gone has gone and done something. So immediately they've already called her dad. He knows the stuff already, unless there's other hypotheticals that we don't know about. So there's like the logistical headache Mm -hmm. for anybody who's ever worked with kids. Like, are you serious? Be like, she's been disappeared for 30 minutes and no one's noticed. I've heard of this actually. Yeah. Of, and I don't know if this was in the age of cell phones, but I have heard of, you know, somehow a kid got, uh, you know, she, the kid was safe. Honestly, yeah. Obviously. obviously. Yeah. Cause you know, it was not, you know, left in the middle of the woods like this is. Yeah. But the kid was left like at a Walmart or something. Yeah. For a couple hours because the mother forgot she took her daughter with her to Walmart or something like that. Right. Uh, because she was too busy trying to get all her stuff done, just forgot that her daughter was in the car with her. Yeah, that happened. And since the daughter was not walking around with her mother in Walmart, was doing her own shopping, mm-hmm. that, you know, actually, I do know this is Texas because I saw it as a text. It's like, hey, mother, did you forget something at the store? She says, crap, I'll be right back for you. Don't <laughs> tell anybody I did this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I understand where, there again, this is an eight-year-old girl. What information I can find, she's eight. Yes. And uh, so she takes a a long about route to get back home through the woods, which she's not familiar with. Now, granted, she's a very ingenuitive child. I get that. Yeah. But at the same time, be like, like you said, be like, most likely it took her two hours rather than 12, than 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's just like logistically, it's like this should have been like, be like, they would have realized she's gone from the bus. She's nowhere in sight. It literally, you would have had police called out already. Yes. Be like, this is a missing child. And it's, and that, li- and that camp counselor would be fired. Oh yeah. In a heartbeat. The girl did not realize what she did to that poor woman. No, who was just doing her job yeah. and had did. And you tricked her into not knowing you were gone. Yeah. Despite the fact, what kind of teacher is not paying attention to the child who just threw up? 
yeah oh, she didn't she's not the one who threw up it was no it was her banky that threw up yeah becky and threw up the still the, and still like the thing be like okay be like you're dealing with and all be like far as i understand you only see one chaperone on a bus full of kids mm-hmm. yes I, i've never heard of this in my entire life well i could maybe see it if keyword here if yeah you're only traveling for maybe 10, 15 minutes to another town or to a campground. That's like right on the outside and you are not stopping. You do not have a planned stop anywhere in there. And you do technically have the bus driver and the counselor. Right. So you do technically have two adults watching the kids. Possibly. I see that. But I mean, we stop and think about it. I mean, our normal bus drivers nowadays, a lot of them, at least when we were in high school, when we were in school, there was only the bus driver on the bus. There was no no bus monitor person. True. It's just and when the bus monitor the bus the bus driver saw you acting up, you got a detention. Yeah. It's just how it was. True. And a lot, admittedly, most people making this are not the people who are actually in school anymore for that obvious reasons. True. So that they is... don't know how the current school situation no, is set it up. Doesn't. The so... people doing this are the people our age who are just remembering back to when they were in their nineties in the 90s when they were children in in the the 90s 90s, but then trying to make up for the change in the technologies but anyway so yeah it's a standard issue a lot of films have yeah logistically this movie like when she arrives back at the house and like oh hey dad be like sorry i've been gone for two hours like honey you've been gone for like junebug you've been gone for like 30 minutes be like "I, i didn't realize you missed me that much it's like you weren't gone for five days it's only been 30 minutes oh Okay. So absolutely they're going. You could at least quote Dickens. <laughs> the park. It did it all in one night. It's Christmas Eve. No way. <laughs> but it's just it's it's like logistically, I'm I'm thinking back in my head for, for someone who has been blessed enough to work with younger people for a for a very long time, thinking it's like, okay, so this child has gone missing for you know, X number of minutes mm-hmm. and no one's done anything about it. Yeah. Be like one, that counselor is being fired. Like you said before, uh, like there, there's not like a state guard there trying to look for her and knows me like, well, obviously granted, Wonder, Wonderland is, is not real. So what has she been doing yeah. this entire time? That is the question. And now granted, if she did somehow make it home in 30 minutes, they've not had time to mobilize any of that stuff. No, granted. Which is the other issue, which is the, you know, is the entire reason they said, oh, it only, it's only been 30 minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, we hadn't had time to do any of this stuff. But I was still thinking, she can't walk that far by herself in 30 minutes. No. She, she may be able to do that on a bicycle. Yeah. But she didn't have a bicycle. Anyway. Yeah. It's just like the weird logistics. And it's like, okay, this is weird. Yes. Uh, how this is how this whole she gets home in 30 minutes and like no one realized mm-hmm. she's gone. I'm like, I don't buy that for three seconds, but yeah. either or that's, you know, you know, nitpick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is your second dislike? My second dislike is that they did not take the ball to the goal. Okay. Granite, I'm spoiled okay i when you have a character who essentially is killed at the beginning of the film uh-huh i expect them to be dead mm. I, honestly how much better would her depression i say better how much more uh deeper and darker 
would that depression be hitting her if her mother was just gone? Mm. She was never coming back. Mm. She was dead. And this is what the girl's now having to go through. Her mother is dead. There is no hope mm. for her to ever come back. Even if uh, you want to go the route of, we don't want to touch on that. You don't bring her back at the end of the film. Right. It doesn't, it, it, it's, uh, it's the fact that they bring the mother back and say, oh yeah, she survived. Okay. What kind of miracle did, did Jesus visit her and, and heal her? Because you, while you didn't say what the, uh, illness, the, the was. illness was, it was obviously uh, make uh, mother of protagonism. You die, It's the most deadly disease, disease in fiction. Someone, some family member of the protagonist has to die in order for the protagonist to uh, be able to be to force the protagonist to have to stand on their own. Uh, every Disney other every Disney movie does this where the main character's parent one of the main parents main character's parents are dead. Right. Half the Disney princesses are missing a relative. True. So that goes back to Walt Disney himself, so. Right, but there's a reason they do that. As uh-huh. much as we joke and make fun of it, mm-hmm. as badly as anime does that a lot of times too. Yeah. Uh there's a reason that is there and when you go to the trouble of saying that her depression is based on what she doesn't know whether her mother is coming back or not. You really want this character to stand tall even if you never come out and say the mother is dead. Yeah. The way you show me a protagonist is grown and has become stronger despite their things is you still have her do all the stuff that she does at the end of that film. Yeah. As ridiculous as it is, uh, of show, of her building this Wonderland park out in the the uh the backyard and all over the house and yeah. all this other stuff. But her mother has not is not hiding in the background. Her mother's not as far as we know, the mother is dead. You keep her essentially in limbo because whether she's dead or not doesn't ma- matter in the course yeah. of the story. The course of the story is it doesn't matter. It w- you should be pointing out that it does not matter if her mother comes back or not. She has grown to as in a, such a role where she doesn't depend on her mother's health to keep her happy. Yeah. To some degree they show that, but now we have a, she, we see at the end of the movie, she has a crutch that she never has to really learn how to still be herself without the hope of her mother being there with the knowledge of her mother being there. Yeah. If she, she, if you really want to show me this character has grown to the point where they want, they, they want you to think this character has grown to. Yeah. Don't show the mother at the end of the movie. Yeah. I don't care that it gives you a happy ending. Yeah. You don't need that happy ending because you have a happy ending here. Yeah. With her character's growth, with her character's growth. Instead, you have the mother come back for no discernible good reason. And honestly, this feels like a scene that perhaps they went ahead and animated with the thoughts of they weren't sure yeah. if they wanted to bring the character back or not. Right. But the director got fired before that decision was made. And so the committee that the, the bureaucratic studio committee mm-hmm. that had to have been in charge of making all the final decisions. Right. Probably said, oh, yeah, we wanted to have a happy ending. So go ahead and have the mother come back. You've already got the scene animated. Right. Might as well use it. Right. That's what it feels like. I know that sounds horrible that I was like, I want the mother to die. Right. To be dead. It does sound morbid. And I, it's not that I want her to be dead. I was like, I just don't want her to be in the end of the film. 
you can have her come back in a sequel or in the television show if you want to and say, oh, yeah, she survived. Yeah. But in the context of the film, she does not need to show back up until perhaps an end credit scene. Yeah. In the course of the the main story itself, she should never have come back. Okay. She should have me- remained at that point of death to where the point is uh, June was able to uh, be grow into her, be, be her natural self that she was with her mother right. without the need of her mother being there. And they don't okay. do that. Well, I, w- I would, I would probably suggest this is if, if you want this, like to understand that the mother is okay, be like maybe have it where like, the mother doesn't show up, but it's more be like she gets a letter from her mother and or like a phone inc- call or a phone call like right before it ends. It's like, oh, hey, I'm OK. I'll be coming home soon. I really want to see what you've done with Wonder Park. And the daughter can't wait to tell her. Exactly. Because, exactly. of course, she wants to tell her mother. But at the same time, you. You get you still get the feeling by the end of the film that she could have done what. She could have rebuilt Wonder Park by herself without her mother's need, without needing her mother there right. to grow into her full self. Yeah. And honestly, we don't see her rebuild Wonder Park completely until her mother's back. Yeah. Agreed. And also it'd be like the fact be like you, you're, you're taking this notion that you have all this growth from a character who has learned to be the, the strong character she needs to be as a, as a character. Mm-hmm. With, without without the know that maybe her mother might not come back. Yeah. So, and then that just kind of sets up for something that could, you know, like maybe the cancer she has goes back into remission. It comes, yeah. it comes out of remission. Be like, what then? Granted, I don't want her to come back and then, you know, kill her before the end of the movie. I don't want that. No, to no, 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 no. no. I, I want, if you're going to bring the mother back, definitely keep her healthy until the end of the film. But there should be like, maybe less than two minutes of our knowledge that the mother is still alive yeah. before the end of the film at most. Yeah. Not counting credits. Yeah. I'm not going to be mean and say credits counting that because even these credits are five minutes long. True. Yeah. I think it's just more if they, if they would have simply just made it where maybe it was a phone call, maybe it was a just letter. something, just something to say, Oh yeah, she's alive. Yeah. She's but alive. that's not important. Yeah, that's not the important part. So you have this character growth already, mm-hmm. and it seems like, be like her, all of her was built on her mother. She's learned to grow past that, but then when her mother's back, be like it's going firmly back onto her mother. Yeah. So because that's I'm, what happens here is like she, we know she's rebuilding Wonder Park, but honestly, it does not feel like she rebuilt it in gen- in earnest until her mother was back. Because yeah, literally, it's like. Oh, I'm going to rebuild Wonder Park. And then it's like a couple days later. Oh, look, your mother's home. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, good. Mama's home. Wait, we're going to let's rebuild Wonder Park together. Mm. And, so, and then you see her rebuilding everything. It's like, uh, I don't feel like you grew. I feel like maybe it, you it, learned something. Sure. But I'm supposed to take this as you grew, not maybe not into an adult, but into at least adult you learned something of an on an adult level that mm-hmm. has affected you for your whole life yeah and honestly by the end of this film you're really kind of just only moved a nudge from where you were at the beginning of the film yeah. because your mom's back and she's the one who helped you rebuild everything yeah pretty much true anyway yeah I, I, your I, third dislike sir well i i would say this be like the vector be like she is the one it's not her mother but it's her she's the one who speaks in the peanuts ear and that's what gets Granted, the end of it. But 
still the physical park yeah I don't know. Oh, I would I would agree with you there. I I've you. said I've said what I think, and I, yeah. I'm not changing my thought here. Oh, totally. So, understand. what is your third dislike? My third dislike. Uh, this this is a nitpick beyond belief, but it was just it was very irritating because the first time I watched this film, it didn't bug me. The second time, it bugged me. It's June's voice, the voice actress. Uh, her name escapes me right now, but she's a virtual unknown. Virtual unknown. And the the time of which she did this film, she was 16. She's playing an eight-year-old girl. Now, yeah. granted, they pitch her voice up just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to this to be like, this sounds like a teenager talking. Yeah. It's like, why do I hear a teenager talking when I should be hearing an eight-year-old? Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Be like, I've been fortunate enough to hang around with a bunch of different age age groups and when you hear like an eight-year-old, nine-year-old talk, be like, it sounds like a nine-year-old. Even if they're precocious. Yeah, exactly. Like this girl's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Be like, I think of um, uh, Coraline with mm -hmm. uh, 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 one of the, the Fanning girls. Yeah. Be like, she was still a very young girl when she did this. Mm -hmm. So she's, that, that youthful sounds come, came out of her. You know, came out of the, you know, came from the voice actress yeah. into the character. So it was authentic with this. It'd be like, it sounds like a teenager. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a teenager who sounds like a teenager. Who's acting like a teenager. They, they claim as an eight year old child. It's claim as an eight year old child. So it's just, it's the, the voice actor who does it does a really good job for the character, but it's weird casting. It's a weird casting. Be like, they should have cast a younger actress to do the voice because it, at least would it sound authentic. So getting into my third dislike, it's going to come and jump off of yours. Okay. A little bit. While I will not call this character a Mary Sue, mm. which for those who don't know what a Mary Sue is, a Mary Sue is a character who can do no wrong, mm. who everybody loves and has no flaws whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I've not seen an actual Mary Sue mm. in uh, in a while. Now, some people will claim that Ray from uh, the Star Wars sequels mm -hmm. is a Mary Sue. She has Mary Sueish qualities, true, but she's not a full Mary Sue. She, there is actually some thought put into her character, mm -hmm. and she does have flaws. We're not here to talk about that about right. Star Wars. We're right. here to talk about June. Yeah. She's not a full Mary Sue, but good night is she stinking close. Yes. She the is. only thing she's got working against her is her depression. Yeah, that's because it. look at this freaking town mm -hmm. that is in love with this girl. Oh, yeah. This one girl. Good night. I haven't seen a town fall in love with a, a child since I watched Phineas and Ferb. And that's played for jokes. Yeah. This I'm supposed to take seriously that every adult and child in this town loves her so much because of all the things she's created yeah. that they are willing to. Heck, no one. She doesn't really get in trouble except for a little bit of a mild scolding when she destroys the town at the beginning of the film. That's true. She does destroy the neighborhood. She destroys that neighborhood. She creates thousands and thousands 
of do- dollars worth of property damage just to the fences alone. Yeah. I can get maybe the kids being around or goes like, oh yeah, this is an awesome thing we're making. At the same time, last time I saw that was in Phineas and Ferb, a show where that is a joke. That is intentional. Like, yeah, of course the kids love them because it's the summer and they make cool things. Good night. She is not Phineas or Ferb and she should not be building Phineas and Ferb style contraptions. Now, granted, I appreciated that she actually faced consequences. Yeah. For that, it was not enough of a consequence because if it were me, I would have gotten my butt burned (laughs) and I would have been grounded for the rest of the summer. Yeah. But at least, you know, she did get some consequences. But at the same time, everybody is in love with this girl. Now, granted, the uh, animals at Wonder Park are her. That makes sense. Yeah. Every, of course, they all have a positive bias for it. It's like, oh, she's the creator of all this. That makes sense. Of course, we like her. Oh, she is her part of the darkness? Okay, yeah, they do get mad at her for that. Mm-hmm. But they come back. But that makes sense. Yeah. And if you ha- if those were the only characters, I could probably live with this a little bit better. Yeah. But the entire town? Good night. Uh, I'm surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if half the reason she was able to escape the bus was because everyone, including the camp counselor and the and the t- and the uh, bus driver, knew it. And it's like, oh yeah, she's probably doing all right. She's just gonna go off on her own a little adventure. She'll be safe. Yeah, she, because she, we love her. Because yeah, she can do no wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's like, she, like I said, she's not a full Mary Sue because no, she's close. She, but she is like super, super close. I mean, Mary Sue's happen in like kids stuff regularly, mm-hmm. especially the cheaper stuff. Yeah. I can't think of something that's gone maybe full that way without having any flaws, except for maybe stuff like the Bratz dolls, mm. those shows, or maybe Barbie. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the, those kind of things. And she's not quite that vapid and that perfect, mm-hmm. a, a character, but uh she is so stinking close it's like how has she has anyone ever told this girl no you can't do that have you ever been told no granted like you said i in some ways i wish that i had been encouraged creatively like that and maybe i wasn't i didn't realize it yeah but i was not allowed to fill the entire house with a project. Yeah. Because practically we couldn't do that. Yeah. Now they say, Oh, maybe you should, you can build stuff. We're happy with you building stuff, but be more practical. She's not, granted not building a giant slide thing, uh, not building a Phineas and Ferb style contraption in the neighborhood and building just a, a bunch of small models. Yeah, that is technically more practical. Yeah. But it's still absolutely ridiculous. Right. That would not happen. I'm not saying that the film ha- has to be, you know, absolutely true to life. Right. I'm saying how much more, how much better would the contrast be if all that stuff had to stay in her imagination or maybe drawings of mm-hmm. stuff? Instead of, oh, yeah, she gets to build all these models and take over the house and the backyard, and every kid's going to come and watch this because look how cool and amazing it is, and she, look, she's so perfect. 
I'll, I'll worship June Bailey because uh-huh. she is the goddess of this town. <laughs> that is how it got approached. I agree. And he does. She, <sighs> she literally can't do anything wrong. Be like with her. And even when she does stuff that's wrong, which is mm-hmm. why I can't claim that she's a, a Mary Sue. Right. She get the worst she gets is be more practical. Yeah. You can still have fun and still do all this stuff. We love you being creative, but be more practical. And yeah, she gets the depression and it literally does affect her to the point where she, I can, I can see how she moved from one thing to another, mm-hmm. but it's like, but that's like, everyone's worried about her. You're telling me every kid in an elementary school, even if it is a math club is not, no, there's not going to be one kid who's not at least jealous of what she has, or is just going to be the, the bully of the group. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of these kids shows the fact that, Oh, there's a bully. You have to have the bully be the, be the enemy. I do think that's a little overdone, but you're telling me there's nobody who just doesn't like this girl. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a little over, over. It's, it's ridiculous of how, like you're talking about the fact that like Jude is almost like to the point, almost a perfect Mary Sue Yeah, to like a certain degree she's not but she is this close now the thing is and i'll say this if you'd have played it like a really more if if your art style was a little bit more uh cartoony Mm -hmm. i might be able to for i I might be able to believe this because you look at something like say jimmy neutron boy genius that movie i've not watched it but i've seen some of the show right yeah, every kid is likes Jimmy. Don't get me wrong, but every kid gets mad at Jimmy too because his uh, inventions always screw something up for them. Right. But that's a more cartoony show. So yeah, when the ridiculous happens and he gets just a slap on the wrist because because the all the jokes landed because it's a comedy, mm-hmm. it's a pure comedy that works. But this is not a pure comedy. This is supposed to be also telling you this tragic story of this girl who gave up on her imagination because she's scared her mother is dying. Mm-hmm. That's not a comedy. That's not even dark comedy. No, it's not. They throw comedic elements in here as she learns to be herself again. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but this is not the full straight on comedy. This is not even like Disney movies. Are, they're, they're Disney movies with more pure, uh, pure child comedy in, in their movies mm-hmm. than this is. This is something, this is supposed to give us the feeling like, I don't know, a goofy movie, maybe? Maybe. But even that had, well, had goofy in it, for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. And it told a much more coherent story than really I think this did. Okay, makes sense. But anyway. Yeah. That brings us, I think, to the end of of our review on this. We need to rate this movie. What are you rating it, Jacob? Uh, I'm gonna give it a seven. Be like, it's it's still a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there again, being uh, reviewers, uh, you you do have to go in with a uh, with a fine tooth cone about films, and you just dig up all these imperfection in this film. And like you brought up some really good points about being like a Mary Sue character that can do no wrong, and uh. There, there's there's a few problems with this story but it's an enjoyable story so yeah i'm not gonna i'm not throwing it under the bus uh or i'm i'm not letting it wander into the woods to uh to uh meet it meet its own fate 
but it's an enjoyable film that should be watched. Okay. Yeah. What's yours? I'm going to give this a 6.5. It's animated very well. Uh I think on that alone, I think gives it enough of a reason to give it a watch. Just be um, aware that the story is lacking. Um, if your kids enjoy the show, you know, I mean, I've watched, I've certainly watched stupider things in my life, especially right. as a child. Right. But, um, honestly, this is just a fun, uh, little movie. It's got some issues for that. An adult's going to look adults like us look at and go, that's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Why would you let that go? But, and honestly, I do suspect some of this is related to the director, not fin- being able to finish the movie True. for one reason or another. But um, it's it's an okay movie. Okay. Which brings us to the end of this review, and we need to announce our next movie. Uh-huh. Um, our next movie happens to the, the, the episode in our RSS feed will actually be coming out July 4th weekend. And all of us on Culture Box are doing patriotic episodes this quarter okay and this is ours but we're doing ours because it's got captain america in it (laughs) uh captain america iron man heroes united and this is our outside of this is our first outside of spider-man enter the spider-verse and big hero Mm six i think this is the first animated marvel marvel thing we've gotten to do so far yeah and almost i don't want to count those two because that was a direct that was the uh, Spider-Man went straight to theaters. Mm-hmm. Big Hero Six is almost barely is only barely a Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, this is something more along the on the lines of Batman. Uh, the the all the Batman animated movies we've done like that have been like of that of the straight to DVD stuff, right? Which is kind of what this is. Um. There's not much trivia on this. Um, okay. So my trivia question for this movie is, uh, from what other movies does this movie pull some of its musical themes from? Hmm. Should be kind of obvious, but either way. So uh, I guess now we need to jump into talking about a very very important episode Mm -hmm. two-parter of uh rapunzel's tangled adventure and the masters of the universe Rapunzel here. <laughs> yes. Ladies and gentlemen, 
this episode is the entire reason we uh-huh. started doing <laughs> the animated series. Yes. Because for those who don't know, sometime in the first year uh-huh. of this, you saw, which should have to be after this episode came out, obviously, mm-hmm. you showed me the clip from the end of the first half of this. Uh-huh. And I remember going, this is a Disney princess show. Uh-huh. Because this just went dark. Uh-huh. But for those who are curious, this is Rapunzel and the Great Tree, directed by Stephen Sandoval, written by Jace Ricky, James Hall, Kelly Hannon, Ricky Roxburgh, Dave Schiff, Jeremy Schiff, and Leanna Dindle. Because this is a lot of story. It finally con- finally congeals in this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, guest cast, we get Kelly Hugh returning as Adira. Jonathan Banks as Queer as uh, Quirin. 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 Kim Coates as Hector and Tara Fitzgerald as additional voices. Hmm. Summary, the path of the Black Rocks leads Rapunzel and her companions to the big tree, an ancient magical place. They encounter the unpredictable Hector and discover the Moonstone magic formula. Hector proves to be a dangerous adversary to the group and Rapunzel realizes that her only chance to save her friends is the uncontrollable Moonstone magic formula. They keep calling it formula. It's an incantation. Let's be honest. It is. Uh, in this episode, trivia-wise, Cassandra sings her first solo in the episode. Yeah! <laughs> the German version of the title in English is The Power of the Moonstone. Ah. The alternative lyrics version of Healing Incandate to Incantation was sung by Rapunzel, and the spell activated a new magic in her hair. Mm-hmm. There is a flashback of Rapunzel when she still had her short brown hair, taking place prior to the events of Tangled Before Ever After. Eugene reveals that it has been six months since they left Corona, marking roughly one year since the events of Tangled Before Ever After, and around a year and a half after the original film. By the end of this episode, Cassandra wears a new armored outfit. Mm. I will be talking about that later. Yeah. Adira reveals the existence of the Brotherhood, including that Varian's father, Quirin, is a member. Mm-hmm. This is the third time the closing theme, More of Me, is not featured. Mm-hmm. The previous being Secret of the Sundrop and Queen for a Day. With the exception, if you are watching, like we are, and how I assume most people are watching this, watching the uh, version on Disney+, Plus, uh-huh. where it is split between two episodes, after the very, very dark uh moon drop incantation uh-huh. it does go to it does <laughs> it was so jarring i was More like of me. oh like, crap and i was like really you go, wither and decay <laughs> something 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 and set the spirit free the spirit free oh 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 <laughs> now i got my eyes open and wide it's like what? what? <laughs> that, is, that is like, guys, that's not how you do this edit. You play the same end song from the second part at the end of the first part. That's how you do that. 
But oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. Let's I want uh, we need to take this bit by bit. I yeah. think first off. Um first off the moon drop incantation. Oh my gosh. This is the reason like I said this is the reason we are even doing TAS because if you had not shown me this, yeah. I would not have jumped on doing when you later brought up doing uh the animated series. Yes. I would not have jumped on that I think as fast as I did. Right. If you hadn't said this is the first show we're going to we I want to do. And it's like, yeah, we might need to look into that because I am curious how this goes. Right. This is a decent excuse. Exactly. And in doing that, we've done some other things related to TAS. Now, admittedly, we have changed how we handle TAS right. since we started. But right. we do still have this. And good night. This is like the... I thought I had seen Dark in a Kid's show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. With another certain show that happens to involve pretty pastel ponies learning about the prestidigitation of companionship. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because there's some dark stuff that happens in that show, too. Right. But this is like, good night. She just became evil for like a short minute. Uh Uh-huh. Like pure evil. And that throws in a lot of questions. And, you know, so evil that she actually hurts Cassandra. Like they burn her hands. Oh yeah. Almost to, they don't show anything like disturbing for children. Oh wait. (laughs) Well, they don't show it here. I mean, no, not in this episode, but her arm does look like it is a burned stump that, you know, just a little bit. You, you, you move some of that char away and you've got bone. Yeah. Like right under there. It's like, Ah, you are not in good shape. No. And they do that in this. It's like, oh, wow. Now, I do have some issue. Now, I will grant that my, my one of my main problems with this is the fact that Adira just lets them do this. Let's her say this. Uh-huh. And yeah. I will grant that there may be stuff in the future, perhaps, that mm-hmm. I don't know about that will explain why adira let her do this uh-huh it may be necessary later on i don't know maybe it may lead to it will definitely lead to worse things because i when you research a show you, yeah. you accidentally you, you, run into things you tr- you would not normally want to right, see right so i know of I, I know that some plot points happen i don't know why they happen right and I, so i know this is going to lead to worse things mm-hmm um, but yeah, I mean, good night. They, this is the kind of thing where it's like, I assume we were going to be getting stuff like this throughout the show. Now, granted season one being more of a standard, you know, girl about town type show. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking, okay, all the good adventure stuff is going to happen when we get to season two. Yeah. And there is a lot of good adventure stuff that happens in season two, but there's also a lot of it that, at least from my current perspective, doesn't change much other than establishing characters and establishing stuff for a future, for future story arcs. Right. There's not anything I'm looking at going, okay, I know why that episode had to happen. Right. Yet. And now there's going to be season one episodes. I will always think that of. Mm Mm-hmm. But the thing was, we got we were getting to in the second half of season one, 
and we got things such as uh, Queen for a Day, mm-hmm. which really introduced a lot of this stuff, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the Painter's Block episode. Oh, yeah. Which really got into it. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking, this is what we're in for. And that's not really what we've gotten so far. True. But this episode's like, okay, all that stuff we've been just kind of ram- randomly hinting at. Mm-hmm. So we could get past the Disney censors because <laughs> we think they're going to give up after about six episodes in. Uh, we're not going to do that now. It's like, and we're, and we're just going to let the crap hit the fan and you will love it. And yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, what do you think of what the section we're at? Oh my gosh. So we're, we're doing both episodes of one or yeah, because two. this was initially aired as that is right. Th- you have to remember true. While we only touched on, uh, before ever after as a made for TV movie, mm-hmm. because that's how Disney released it on Disney plus true queen for a day beyond the, uh, yeah, these the are end, all like the end of season. One the end episode. of season one, beyond the Corona walls, and this episode, mm-hmm. and then like another one near the end, plus like two or three, I think. Yeah. In season three, were aired as hour-long specials. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, that granted, t- they were just totally edited together episodes, and we're seeing the uh, versions that would have been, you know, cut into for syndication. Right. Which I also assume that before ever after was done with also. Mm don't know why it was listed separately but say la vie right i guess because it actually had the words disney channel original movie at the beginning of it yeah. and i suspect these did not right but uh yeah that's why we're reviewing both at once right okay so uh this one this this episode is this episode together together is it's technically it's two episodes but they put it together as one uh it's done very well you have this um there again you're 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 building up to something that is much grander yeah with this idea of uh the idea that cassandra is feeling she's no longer being uh her job is at risk yes her 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 basically her whole thing she's doing to make sure the rapunzel gets where she needs to be is ever being ignored Rapunzel's doing everything that she just wants to do and not taking responsibility for it. It'd be like, you have this big, enormous head, like budding of heads, budding of, mm-hmm. uh, personality mash of where, um, um, Adira, like Adira shows up and instantly, okay, we're, we're, we're going to follow Adira's lead. And it's cause, Cassandra just wants to be like, I don't trust her be like, she's leading leading us down this path. And in some ways she is leading us down this darker path. And, uh, Cassandra just wants to make sure we get where we need to go. Yeah. And Rapunzel puts her foot down. No, we're not doing this. Be like, we're following her. Well, this whole season, that's how that's been Cassandra's arc is like, we, I am taking this, get back to free bird. Yeah. I'm She's, taking this seriously. She says, I'm taking this seriously. Why aren't you? And it's not that Rapunzel doesn't take it seriously. It's like mm-hmm. she's seen the world for the first time. Yeah. But admittedly, she has grown in the past six months. But Cassandra is still worried because she's even if she, I don't remember if she was actually appointed Rapunzel's bodyguard. Yeah. Outside of just being her lady in waiting. 
but she pretty much is Rapunzel's bodyguard, especially on this trip. Yeah, because I, I think I think at one point it is mentioned that be like the like the the king appointed me to do this. Yeah, like this is so my job. It's her job to keep Rapunzel safe, and but Rapunzel is still in charge of this mission. Yeah, and granted, they don't do a good job of talking to each other. No, they don't. And I'd be like, that's what makes this whole episode incredibly well done, is that when you get that final, you know. Rapunzel takes that stand like no we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna do this and be like she basically lays the law down on Cassandra it's like mm-hmm. and that whole scene where it's like oh I'll take first watch and you get into the song waiting into the wings yes which is like freaking amazing absolutely love this film i love this love this uh moment this, love this moment is where cassandra is like she feels like she's be like she she tries her best she does everything she can mm-hmm. but she's basically setting and she's sitting in the back waiting to perform and she's never given the opportunity and it's just so well done and the fact that uh the actress who does this uh i'm, I'm drawing a blank on her name but I would ask that yeah i would ask that Eden Espinoza. Yeah, Eden Espinoza. Eden Espinoza. Uh, I didn't know this, but Eden Espinoza at one point played Elphaba from Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> so she has some pipes. She can sing like no one's business. And I was like so blown away. And I I felt this connection with this song. And it, she felt so terrible for this character. And it's like she's trying to do her job. And her... Her... Um, her responsibility is not listening to her anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you get the uh, where Rapunzel's be like, I- I'm going to be queen someday. And like, I'm going to some- make decisions you don't, don't like. like. And I need you to be OK with that. Like, yeah. And honestly, Cassandra needs to be at that position. I agree. But the thing is, Cassandra, in many ways, Cassandra's still seeing her as fresh out of the tower. Yeah. And she has and she has been nice and she has been friendly with mm-hmm. not just Rapunzel, but her and the entire gang of misfits that mm-hmm. Rapunzel has drawn around her. Mm-hmm. And while she has opened herself up to them, I think it's very telling Yeah, that when this ends, she's no longer in the normal traveling clothes. She's been wearing this whole time. She's, yeah put her armor on in more than one way Way. yeah there's a part of me having played a bunch of rpgs in my life Mm -hmm. that i i can kind of look at this party like an adventuring party like Mm -hmm. in a DD campaign or something uh she cassandra just went from being like the the dad the the rogue kind of character to being the dark knight hmm she even gets the nice flowing cape. Oh yeah. At the end, it's like, 
oh, this, e- even if I didn't know of some things mm-hmm. that I don't really wish, kind of wish I didn't know. Right. This is telling me you were going to the dark side slowly but surely. Possibly. And honestly, from what I have suspected mm-hmm. since before ever after. Yeah. This had been her destiny for a while, possibly. And she's very susceptible to going down this road due to whom I think her birth mother is. Possibly. But I don't want to know that yet. Yeah. We'll and get... I'm not going to spoil. And if it's, and I'm not even going to spoil people by my thoughts of who her birth mother mm-hmm. is. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. Exactly. And you'll know, and you'll know if I'm right, you'll, you'll know when I think it's safe to say it because I'll either say I knew it, I was right, or Oh, well, I was wrong. Get better luck next time. <laughs> It'll be one of the two. It'll be one of the two. So, but you already know what I'm thinking. Uh, oh, yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. Kid she, I think she actually is. Yes. And I do think we actually talked about this on one of the early uh, TAS, TAS episodes we did. for this. We did. But I'm not going to get into it right now. Right. But uh, so the, like- the fact that you she went from being open, not just to Rapunzel and allowing Rapunzel to being able to get trusting rapunzel with the fact that rapunzel could hurt her yeah and the whole group trusting the whole group that way Mm -hmm. because at this point she feels like it's her against the group in some ways she's put her well she's physically put armor on yeah she's also put armor around her heart to protect her heart and her feelings because she feels like she's the bad guy it's, Which it's is very interesting. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's the idea that, like she's been physically hurt, right? And so she's and now put, she's protecting her heart from the yeah from the emotional hurt that she's that's she feels has been inflicted on her this yeah. whole time as she's taken all these things personally. Yeah, that has happened not just in this episode, but really all re- really I would say since the beginning of season one. Yeah. I would definitely I would agree because with you. Because in many ways, none of this would have happened. You know she's got to be thinking this. None of this would have happened if she'd not taken Rapunzel out to see those black rocks. Yeah. In the beginning, that's, of, that's, the, in the beginning feel, of the show. That she does feel somewhat responsible for this. this. All, and in many ways, she's been trying to... What's uh, the word I'm looking for? Uh, redeem that action. Yeah, by fi- helping Rapunzel get through this, mm-hmm. and now Rapunzel's just like not even paying attention to her. And it's like, and Cassandra's still going to be trying to do that. I think probably mm. till the end of the season. I'm guessing maybe, but uh, she's she's now going to protect herself because yeah. honestly, and, and the more she she's focused on protecting herself, she's the less she's going to be thinking about uh, the others because she's not protecting herself from her enemies. She's protecting herself from her friends. Yeah. That's the interesting telling part of this. Yeah. This is, I think, the turning point of the show. Yeah. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But this, I feel like it's from this point forward, this is going to be where, uh, I wouldn't say it's the climax, but I think it's very mm-hmm. interesting how the, the, the Great Tree is the uh, way into the Dark Kingdom. And I would not be surprised if, this point going forward even though we will probably have lighter stories like we've had up to this point yeah it's all going to have that dark twist on it because it's all going to be you know yeah dealing with the after effects yeah of this moment yeah agree that moment when um cassandra says uh uh 
I, I'm, I'm going to be, I don't remember how, what, what exactly is she says, but she puts that armor on that changes their relationship. It does not just her and Rapunzel, but her and the, the entire kingdom of Corona. Yeah. Mm. And I suspect this is going to lead to some other things. Mm. Cause I, I, I I've, I'm saying I, nothing. I'm I have saying nothing. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't want you to say anything. I'm just saying, cause I have seen promotional artwork that was put on the stupid website. <laughs> I may have some ideas. Right. Um, but yeah, overall, this actually is... from that artwork, I might think Cassandra is Hades' child. But <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> like I, 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 nothing. I'm don't saying go nothing. There. don't I'm, go there. Don't go there. But back, just back to looking at this episode. Yeah, this this episode is so well done. Like I love this episode of Death. the The fact that like we we get the the uh, the uh, the moon incantation, and it's like like even at one point be like be like you know. Be like, oh, this is the uh, this is the uh, the moon drop incantation. I'm like, wait a minute. So where did Mother Gothel get the sun drop incantation? Where did I she think get that? That was a question I brought up early on too. I, you did, and I, I I have my there there is there is I, I think this has already been kind of alluded to. I think. But it's it's kind of alluded to that you see this very flurry haired character who looks female in a in a in a flashback scene. You do see Mother Gothel in a flashback scene you like do. early on in season one. Yeah, you do. Like first episode of season one, uh, the, the 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 variant episode at season one, the first one after uh, before ever after. Yeah. Uh. Well, I'm. I've, I'm trying not to get into spoiler I know. points, but there there is a suggestion that Gothel was a part of a group at some point to where she would have learned the sun drop incantation. Oh, there is rumors about like nearly everyone but Lance and Shorty have connections to this group saying nothing <laughs> and next you're gonna i would not be surprised if by the end of all this shorty ends up being like grand emperor of the world or something oh gosh no praise the lord no <laughs> no I, I i in doing research i have learned some things about lynn yeah and i have i know what have i know that how cassandra spends a lot of season three right uh and i i th- I've, and i know hookfoot actually leaves in the next episode mm-hmm. and is no longer a part of the main party true which is odd but anyway, it is odd it is odd the way, I, I i remember liking how his episode his last episode goes but it's like and why did he anyway yeah we'll get to that yeah we'll get there when we get there next week uh but i guess that's it for now i guess so so join us next week for uh the brothers hook mm-hmm. and is it rapunzel day one hold on i think it's rapunzel day one after the brothers hook uh yeah rapunzel's day one all right which is another interesting episode mm-hmm. relating to the relationship between rapunzel oh, and, and cassandra, cassandra. Mm-hmm. so join us for that along with Captain America, Iron Man, Heroes United. Yes. So uh, in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. 
and we will catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's Photo Bin, to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L.